0: A start On demand. On demand.
1: Mayor Brian Bowman joined us today for our monthly visit to discuss crowded transit buses, whether or not a property tax hike is likely, and what's happening with outdoor rinks. the Manitoba Reeve is in hot water with his council after speaking at the anti-mask rally in Steinbeck last weekend. And there was this time when I was going to university where I went to the library to study and instead fell asleep for six hours and missed my afternoon class by a mile. Just part of our discussion today on studying failures. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, November 19th podcast for the start. Gary and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us on The Start. And when it comes to Twitter, you can make sure to follow at GMACWPG at McNabb on Global or at Brett McGarry. And Greg, one of your favorite follows on Twitter, I think it's safe to say, is at Rex Chapman.
0: Yes, the former University of Kentucky star shooting guard uh, battled uh, opioid addiction and he's dedicated his life now to his Twitter account. And uh, he tries to bring positive things. He likes to slam Donald Trump, too. But he tries to bring the positive things to Twitter, which isn't always easy, Brett. No, it's not. But you sent us something this morning.
1: And I never would have thought to leave a message for my dad, who is deployed overseas through the doorbell. So what's the story here?
0: Well... With all this new technology, not all of it's bad, and I don't know if you have one of those ring doorbells on your house or some sort of equivalent technology, but it records every single time somebody comes up your doorstep, and these two little kids in the United States have discovered that they can actually, because uh, you get those digital messages, you get those videos on your phone if you set it up correctly, and they realized that if they said hi to their dad every time they went up the step at the front door, he would get those messages.
1: So before I hit press play here, Loren, uh, did you
2: watch this already? I did, yeah. And? I love it. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Hi, Daddy. I miss you so much. I only miss you soon, Daddy. Baby, I really want you to come back. Bye, Daddy. I'm going to go to school
3: to learn a lot. Dad. I love you so much. So, come on. I love you. Hi, Dad. I got a new haircut. I love you. love so much. I oh, love so much. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad. I miss you all. we are going to see you next week. Which is your first day today. I love you too much. Dad, I got you ready for riding my bike now. Uh, all I need... For is to push, then I'm all going by myself. There's no training wheels, Dad. (laughs) How cool is that?
0: I hope you come
3: back for one.
1: I love the contrast. The little girl just
0: always, I love you, Daddy. (laughs) I miss you so much. And then
1: the boy's like, how cool is this, (laughs) (laughs) Daddy?
0: Oh, could you imagine uh, watching your kids grow up that way? But what an ingenious form of communication. And for all its pitfalls, all its perils, all the downside, uh, social media and technology, if you allow it, can brighten your day it does not have to bring you down
2: i remember being in afghanistan uh, there in 2006 and 2008 and that's back you know you'd have email um but that's really about it there wasn't even i don't even think they had video messages and people would line up just for a chance to use the phone sure uh in these you know makeshift little storage units kind of things and plywood all around you and you'd hear moms and dads having these just beautiful heartwarming conversations And sad too, right? With their kids because the moms or dads are trying to hold it together. Oh, that's great. Your exams are going well. Oh, you learned to ride a bike, you know? And then there'd be inevitably, you know, you'd see a few parents leave with tears in their eyes because they've missed out on something or they're super happy that they got to connect. And I think of that's just being, you know, 15 or so years ago, 12 to 15 years ago. And the evolution now that at least is allowing you to see people from a distance. So yes, we're going to harp a bit on social me- media or at least people's behavior on social media in the next segment, Greg. But for now, there's the positive side too, right? And that's just it. It's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, cool. it
1: can really bring us together if we'll allow it. And somebody asked me, I was somebody just down the hall at one of our FM stations asked me, how do you how do you guys handle all the doom and gloom? I mean, we don't even read news and and I can barely stand it these days. Uh, So I said, well, videos like this help. And I'm just going to play the audio. Uh, So this is a... (laughs) It's just a dog in a giant tote that's been filled with water and the dog is paddling, just sort of stationary. And uh, that's how I get through it. I, I go on social media and I try to find fun things like a dog taking a swim in a tote. Because uh, imme- immediately, doesn't matter what mood you're in, this is the kind of thing that makes me smile and laugh. And then I'm better.
2: I've been meaning to take a picture of this forever. But up next to my front door, I have this whiteboard that I write things on and it's old now. And some of the messages won't write, wipe off. You know, the markers kind of ingrained on it. And a few, about a month ago, my youngest wrote on there, fart butt rocks or butt farts or something something to do with farts and butts and honestly a year ago I would have erased that not immediately but I would have gotten around to erase it but every day when I pass it on the way downstairs I'm like oh yeah fart butts do rock that's great and I and I've left it because I'm trying to find the things that keep the Smile on your face right now, right? Like the silly whatever it is, the dumb jokes, mm-hmm. the, the animals, the porcupine eating cabbage or whatever the heck that was last month. I mean, <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Yeah, well, I just got a text message. The new technology at seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. One of the original social media messages or anti-social media messages in Winnipeg history is marking the beginning of the Christmas season. Kevin the Garbage Man informs us that the humbug sign yes! on Route 90 is up, and it
2: is lit. Yes. So, you, now, does that sign make you actually – it makes you happy, though. Like, it Like, the it message does. is humbug, but you're like, oh, you you don't mean you, it. You, know, you don't mean you it. Want you want to lit. wish us happy holidays. That's I know right. you do.
1: Well, and I, th- I think that sign comes with the apartment, right? It does, yes. Like, if you want to live in that particular suite, you must – Obey the humbug sign. Correct, sir. That's right. I forgot about the humbug sign. (laughs) Thank you, Kevin, because that's something that I would have seen on my way into work this morning if we were still at Polo Park, but we're downtown now, so I don't get out that way uh, during the dark. So that is a tradition of Winnipeg. Mackling, McGarry, and McNab, we complain about its effect on our psyche, the distraction it creates. Yet uh, there we are, here we are, spending our valuable time on social media.
0: <whistles> <laughs> 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 Is that, is that the Tweety me. Bird? Feed me! Yes, it's a Tweety Bird.
2: <laughs> I think that there's some of us who might argue that we're wasting time on social media. Other might say, and there's many days where I'll, I'll, I'll say, if I didn't go onto Twitter or, or other feeds, I might not learn what I need to learn uh, that day because it sends you places you need to go. But, you know, for a lot of politicians, this has become a necessary evil, communicating via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, some might do it well which often leads to suggestions they do it too much that has been levied at mayor bowman and prime minister justin trudeau and then of course yesterday there's questions about whether communication was necessary one provincial cabinet minister took a shot of the mayor of winnipeg on facebook greg
0: yeah meanwhile the health minister was taking shots at the previous ndp government and it's spending on personal care homes via twitter Cameron Friesen also raised some eyebrows with an assertion he made about COVID-19 numbers in our province when he posted the latest COVID-19 stats on his Facebook page, which had Dr. Jason Kinderchuk asking the question on Twitter. Anyone else hearing this statement coming out seems a bit presumptive. Friesen says in the first sentence of his post, and I quote, Manitoba's COVID-19 daily case numbers appear to have plateaued, but are too high, which puts a strain in our hospital and health care capacity. Now, one of those two statements is true. Has anyone else heard Dr. Roosan suggest that numbers have plateaued? I would suggest, Loren, this seems like an irresponsible statement by the minister.
2: Well, for sure, considering, A, we're only a few days into this code, this level red, right, which you want to give it a couple weeks to see where the numbers go. We've had days where the case count. In the past four days alone, it's been as around 200, 300, 400, so it's gone up and down a bunch of times. So for sure, nobody's using the word plateau. The true part of that statement is that what's going on right now is putting a strain on our hospital and health care capacity. But what happens when we when we take to social media to make short statements of, X number of characters or less without really putting any links to it or thoughtful analysis. You just, it's just, it's just the storm of six word opinions that just sets people off. And then the question I think you're posing, Greg, is does this dilute the message? It
0: does it dilute the the message and how productive does it end up being at the end of the day? Uh, The uh, other message via Twitter that the health minister posted was a graph about how much more money the conservative government is spending on personal care homes than the previous NDP government did. And uh, Brett, I'm sure you learned this in school, the whole idea of graph chopping in order to exemplify your point and really what it is at the end of the day, a 10% increase in spending over four years. Some people arguing, you mean so inflation is basically where you're at. And the timing of the message is Horrible, rea- with, you know, like terrible. Really,
1: the reaction uh, from people on Twitter was was swift and furious. Uh, many calling them out for the graph cutting. I didn't actually learn that in school, but as I looked at it, because you you flagged this tweet, so I took a quick look at it and I looked at the side and saw the numbers. I saw the the, the 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 NDP graph was small and the Conservative graph was big, and I thought, okay, that's interesting. But what are we looking at here? And then I looked at the numbers and thought. Yeah, this doesn't add up. This is just this is a flagrant uh, attempt to to embolden his message. I just found the whole thing stupid. Like, really, we're we're going to use this moment to to point to what the previous administration did? Like that alone, I find so irritating. Like, get over it. Can we just move on from what the NDP did? Yes. But yes, the timing was terrible, and uh, and the reaction I think that he got. Was deserved, Greg.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you. And so, you know, I think uh, what we learn if we pay attention is the timing of the message is often as important as the message itself, Loren.
2: I also think, too, you know, I get this is how we're all communicating these days. I appreciate that. But there should be no attempt. You know, if if you're going to go out there, be transparent and don't attempt to fool anyone. And that goes for both sides. Honestly, both both sides, and I mean sides of the political game, are guilty of this. Making accusations that fly one way or the other, sometimes with little or no substance, isn't helping anybody. Particularly now in a time where if we keep using the phrase, we're a team, and this team needs to work together, if we can use another sports analogy, then being on a team is not constantly calling one another out and pointing their flaws. It's finding ways to work together.
1: In the meantime, on the subject of studying... That got me thinking about how bad I was at studying, <laughs> and, and specifically in university, uh, some sort of in high school, but definitely by the time I went to university. So we wanted to ask you at 204-780-6868 to share your studying failure stories. And I'll kick it off here. I remember, I think this would have been either December 1995 or January, 1996 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had economics at 10 o'clock and then I had psychology either at two o'clock or 2:30. the classes were 90 minutes each. So I had like this three hour break in between. So I went to the library, the Elizabeth Defoe library, which was uh, for the faculty of arts. And on the third floor, they had this room with just these like cushions slash Ottomans scattered about, and you could line them up in rows and, uh, A lot of people would go up there to take naps or to just lie down and sit against the wall while they studied. So I I went up there with the intention of studying. I ended up falling asleep, but I didn't just take a nap. I woke up and it was dark outside. I woke up at six o'clock.
0: <laughs> you went for a sleep, man.
1: That's not an app. <laughs> so slept right through my class and then overshot it by like two hours. I was so discombobulated. The, the library was virtually empty at that point. So I got to wonder how many people walked by and thought, wow, that guy's really cashed out. So studying for me clearly was not a good thing. Uh, Jeff Braun, what about you?
4: Um, I was I was an okay student I like I became less and less interested in studying as the years went along uh, my best story was in grade 12 we had to do the provincial chemistry exam and some genius decided that this <laughs> exam should happen the first day back from Christmas break uh, and on our Christmas and our, our Christmas vacation that year we went we drove to to California to Hollywood to go to Disneyland and visit relatives and stuff. And my mom said, Jeff, when you pack, make sure you pack your chemistry textbook so you can study in the van on the way home. And I was like, alright, Mom, I'll do that. And as soon as we cross the border, I said, oh, no, I forgot my textbook. We can't go back and get it now. So I got... Uh, I think 32% on that test. boy, Jeff. Like, <laughs> <We're to>
0: represent.
4: <laughs> but I was like, there's no way I'm letting this stupid chemistry exam uh, destroy my
0: Christmas vacation. Like, Good for you. Taking the, a stand.
4: Fight the power. <laughs> Kelly Moore, what about
0: you? Well, it used to drive my parents nuts that I loved to crank up the music <laughs> while I was studying. They they just thought that was so bizarre. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it, it really helped me focus and, and – I would always write things down because I was a big believer that uh, if you you write it down, you retain it a little bit more. And, and so as long as I kept on bringing home A's and B's on my report card, uh, at least I was able to uh, to keep the music playing. If I had a dropped down to a C or a D, uh, I probably would have been silenced. Fortier? I was a terrible student. <laughs> Just terrible. <laughs> I hated studying. It was the worst thing ever i would i would look for like i'd try to study i'm like you kelly i love to listen to music while i studied it, it, for some reason it helped me out but i would look for distractions like anything anything possible i could find you know just to get away from the studying terrible so i got terrible grades <laughs> all right McNabb. what about you
2: well, my parents had four kids in five years and so there was this year that we I think we define it as the perfect storm where the first three of us, so my oldest sibling and then my younger brother, we all had exams to study for. I think we would have been in grade seven, nine and ten. And my youngest brother wasn't yet in that exam stage. And it drove him crazy that we were all studying and he would do anything to distract us. He would get a basketball out and start bouncing the basketball off the wall. He'd get his trumpet out and march around the house playing his trumpet. He would come in and he'd start doing like a drum beat on the island in the kitchen and just, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? And so finally, my mom, just one year, just one moment, just snapped and said, all right, 10 minute break. Everybody have at her. And we're like, what do you mean? She's like, go get him. Get him. Stop him. Do whatever you want to him. And we just... My poor youngest brother. I think we wedged him and tied him up and left him somewhere, and that was it. And that was uh, (laughs) that was like our distraction. And after that, we would laugh during exam time and say, "Is it ready? Are we ready for a uh, you know what break now to go beat up the little brother?" (laughs) I Feel kind of bad about that now.
0: I don't feel bad. He deserved it. Mackling, what about you? Uh, I was terrible at studying as well. And uh, but one thing that I had to employ was the fake commute that we discussed. A couple of weeks ago, anywhere but home, I could study. Otherwise, Brett, I would be like you. If I was sitting in bed or sitting on the couch, I inevitably would fall asleep. And anybody that's known me for a long time knows I can fall asleep absolutely Anywhere. Uh, But sometimes that didn't work either because you get together with the wrong group of friends to study and it turned into five Slurpee runs, a drive to Assiniboine Park, (laughs) drive around the perimeter, anything but study. And so I think I mimicked uh, Jeff Braun's. the chemistry mark in my final math exam in grade 12. I was at graduation. I went up to my teacher, Ms. Getchell, how much fun can I have tonight? And she whispered in my ear, she goes, You got a 51. <laughs> I think it was mercy. They just wanted me out. <laughs>
1: Small Town Salute brought to you by South Beach Casino and Resort. Just 30 minutes north on Highway 59. Visit southbeachcasino.ca for updates. Greg, what are we doing this week?
0: Well, we thought it worked so well last week when we invited you to call in and tell us about the town that you grew up in, the place you like to visit, or the place that you just absolutely adore outside the perimeter highway in Manitoba. And so we threw open the phone lines and we got a bunch of phone calls. So we thought, hey... Let's do it again. We'll give you a minute to uh, extol the virtues of your favorite place in Manitoba.
1: So call us now at 204-780-6868. We want to hear from you. Tell us why your town is the best one. Maybe we can start a little war. Well, let's not do that. But, hey, (laughs) rivalries are fun.
2: Rivalries are fun. That's okay. Like, there's all (laughs) sorts of reasons to have small-town rivalries. Maybe it's just because... The town up the road always wins the festival for best flowers, you know? Just might be one example or something like that. Are you oh, talking I'm
0: about lilies? Not talking about personal
2: experience here, Greg. I'm just saying that <laughs> oh, sometimes g- people has won the lily sense. festival and mm-hmm. maybe maybe they should have gone into the valley, taken a look at Minidosa.
1: Cam, joins us at 247806868. Hello there, Cam. Which is your hey. what is your town? Uh, it's a little town called Mather. Where is that?
2: Ooh.
5: In between, I'll throw you one at you, in between Cartwright and Clearwater.
2: <laughs> and again, that that's, next, and that's next to where? Sorry about this, Cam.
1: It's it's in between Cartwright and Clearwater. Okay, I'm just looking this up. Uh, uh, the, uh, Southwest
0: the, Manitoba near Killarney yeah. would be the biggest. There <laughs> yeah. you go. There we go. Come, okay. 20, come
5: 20 miles uh, east and you'll right in, come into Mather.
1: So what do you like about Mather? I grew up there. Yeah? I see something called the Craft Ranch uh, on the Google yep. map. What's that?
5: Uh, that's before, That's after my time. They got a little, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they bought the church. and they, I, I believe they bought the church, I think. And they turned into like a craft area that's for good. people in the town. Okay. It, it's a real small, diminishing town. The big, the biggest thing they had going when I was there, they, they used to have a mixed bond spiel. and in the first week of March, it was the biggest bond spiel in Manitoba. They had sixty-four rinks. They turned the, uh, the skating rink into four sheets ice, and they had a two-two sheet ice uh, arena attached to it, and it would go for six days. Wow! Five five events. Supper and dinner, and it was like you closed the school down, you walked down there and had, you know, your lunch, and then at nighttime the parents were something to do because we were farmers. We'd go there and have supper, and, and Mom and Dad would be curling. and
1: In the later days, I'd be curling. Well, Cam, listen, Mather, it sounds like a nice spot. Thanks for the uh, introduction. Yeah, and uh, actually my
5: mother was a postmistress there for... Uh, 15 years, and the actual post office is on display in, a muse- in an area museum in uh, Cartwright, Manitoba, seven miles down the road.
1: Right on, Cam. Thank you for sharing that, and thanks for joining us this morning on The Start and on the Small Town Salute. Brenda, where are we going for you? you got 60 seconds.
3: I'm going to Souris, Manitoba. Yes. My son and daughter-in-law bought a home there, and it's People are so friendly. The streets are clean. They have a wonderful bakery, and the peacocks that walk around there—it's amazing. Beautiful. I wanted—I'm glad
2: you mentioned that. The peacocks are everywhere there.
3: Yeah, they are, and um, it's quite—it was quite a tourist attraction um, wow. this past summer. And they have a beautiful uh, like RV park and swimming pool and. And it was really great. My daughter-in-law opened up a small business there. And, of course, she's struggling now like everybody else. But, um, yeah, I think it's a great place to go and camp. And the people are extraordinary. Say hi to you whether they knew me or not.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Uh, An endorsement of Suris without mentioning the Swinging Bridge. I'm very, very impressed.
3: You know why? Because I still haven't got to it.
0: Well, you better get on that.
3: Well, I Literally. You know, I was there all summer, and I always had the kids in the wagon. It was like, oh, God, I don't, can't walk that far farther.
1: <laughs> Brenda, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Some people are afraid of peacocks, you know, Greg. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm aware. Common friend. <laughs> <laughs> Corrine, where are we going for you?
6: We are going to Clearwater, Manitoba.
1: What do you like about Clearwater.
6: What do I like about it? Well, in the 90s, I had the pleasure of being able to live there. Um, I have not recently just due to employment, but when I look back at when I moved and how uh, welcoming the whole community was, um, fresh bread out of the oven delivered to my door, various um, invitations to backyard bonfires, and yeah, looking over all the places I've lived that was a very um, welcome to the family, a Clearwater type of um, feeling that you just had when you were part of that community. Along with the fact that their July 1st ball tournament that's been going on for, well, it would have been the 69th year this past summer, except COVID put a kibosh on that. Mm. And um, there's not a huge population there. So the volunteerism that goes out to host that tournament over that length of time is incredible.
2: That's the best and part about also, small towns. And you're not far from Mather, which we just had a guest uh, who came on and told exactly. us about Mather, right? Cam Same told
0: exactly. us about Mather, yeah. And what about the exactly. Harvest Moon Festival?
2: That was, that was my next
6: comment. And we cannot forget about that Harvest Moon Festival where, like, around, what, 2,000 people show up for the weekend? And the volunteerism, once again, just comes right out there. And um, it's if you've never been to either of those events, Put them on your bucket list for the future because it's a wonderful small community in southern Manitoba.
1: Well, Corinne, thank you so much for telling us about that. Jeremy uh, wants to talk about Gretna, but, Jeremy, we got to run because the mayor is going to join us in our next segment. So if we do this again next week, Jeremy, make sure you call us next week to tell us about Gretna. 744, thanks to all who called in to tell us about your favorite small towns in Manitoba, the Small Town Salute, once again, brought to you by South Beach Casino and Resort, just 30 minutes north on Highway 59. Visit southbeachcasino.ca for updates. McGary McGarry, McNabb, Maiden, which means the mayor, Brian Bowman, joining us live for a monthly visit on the start. Mr. Mayor, good morning to you, sir.
7: Good morning. Thanks for starting us off with a good tune.
1: Well, we know it's your, it's your jam, right? So we got to, you get a theme song, so...
7: We all need motivation these days.
1: That's right. Well, listen, we wanted to yeah. start by asking... Uh, about transit because we've heard regularly from our listeners that they're concerned the buses are just too crowded people packed shoulder to shoulder in a pandemic that the buses are dirty Um, can we not get more buses out there to help spread people out
7: well right now we actually have also faced criticism we're running too many buses right now given our ridership level so if you know firstly what i'll say is is transit is absolutely committed to, to the health and safety of our operators as well as our riders Um, ridership is being uh, continuously monitored and ridership uh, the most recent data that I have is that ridership right now is at 41 percent of what it would typically be at this time of year and so uh, there are a lot of emptier buses um, but as as demand does warrant because there are times where where you know notwithstanding the fact that ridership overall is significantly lower uh, there are times where we do need to dispatch uh, spare buses to to help where there 's a heavy load and uh, there 's a lot that people can do though i mean right now i've got to thank the transit riders ninety seven percent compliance of masks. We mandated masks back in august uh, when we weren 't required to by the province but we we went ahead and and took that measure to help ensure that we 're mitigating uh, from the effects of covid on on transit and Everything from, you know, the shields being used to uh, masks being provided to our operators and inspectors, enhanced cleaning programs and digital display messages, all of those measures and many others are, are being done to to really do our best to mitigate COVID well, just and in, make sure uh, the transit's as safe as possible.
1: On the subject of cleanliness, uh, I mean, I know several people who take the bus and, and one of the common things they say is the buses just aren't clean. Uh, so what can we do about that?
7: Well, right, right now, the, um, the, 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 there is an enhanced cleaning program that we've implemented. And so, always open and, and looking at what we can do better. But right now, buses are being treated with hospital-grade uh, sanitizer regularly. We're using electrostatic sprayers that are aimed at those high-touch point areas. And so, we'll keep doing those and, and keep an open mind to what we can do uh, better.
2: Big date coming up. Uh, the 2021 operating capital budget will be released next week, November 27th, I believe, Mr. Mayor. And so, the big question you get asked every single year since your election is: Should Winnipegers expect a property tax hike? And and that question is significantly important this year because of the pandemic and the cash flow problems for so many. Is a property tax hike still on the table?
7: Well, I think my track record on that is is a matter of public record. And let's keep in mind this is a budget update we just passed uh, a few months ago. Our, our first ever four year multi-year balanced budget um uh, recently s&p global has affirmed the city's double a stable credit rating because of our cost containment efforts and our prudent financial management and so uh, we'll have more to say next week uh, i want to thank our our finance chair Councilor scott gillingham has been doing a great job of of outreach and collaboration with members of council and uh, look forward to, to tabling that update uh next week
2: has there been consideration to to not have any tax hikes this year given everything that's going on though
7: well, you know what, Lee, you gotta look at uh the, the multi year balance budget for our guide. I mean that really is something that has helped us weather this storm and, and also I, I might add uh ensure that we're we're doing our best to, to spur economic activity uh in in the economy. I mean I know our investments uh create jobs and that's something that I think has been a, a positive. But we um we are definitely uh looking at where we need to make adjustments uh for that budget update. But Uh, The overarching guide is really that multi-year balanced budget, which we just passed a few months ago.
0: Uh, Mayor Bowman, two-part question here. Did you catch uh, Premier Pallister and his suggestion that the the city was, quote-unquote, in surplus in his address to the province on Monday uh, with regard to questions over supports for businesses being affected by the provincial health uh, mandates?
7: Ah, uh, short answer is yes. Uh, yeah, I saw the press conference. I I try to when I when I can, I do try to watch the press conferences not only of our premier but Dr. Brent Rusin and 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 others um, when they're before the the media. We try to you know make sure that we're we're tuning in and and we're we're listening as much as we can.
0: Is that the extent of your interaction and communication with the province right now? Scott Fielding, Minister of Finance yesterday on, on Facebook, accusing you of kissing up to the feds by, by discussing your support and your desire for more supports for local businesses affected by the, the COVID-19 shutdowns.
7: Um, well, look, I'll just say right now, uh, my priority is, is battling covid and supporting our community. And, um, you know, if, if, if you want to ask me a question about that, happy to answer.
1: Well, we uh, do want to ask about recreational facilities. Sure. You know, they're currently closed. That includes the ODRs, the outdoor rinks. Is there a way to safely reopen them in this Code Red? Because a lot of people are going to be looking to get outside and do something, especially as winter approaches.
7: Yeah, and I, and I hear that. I mean, right now, uh, the provincial public health orders have, uh, have closed the rinks. And we're respecting those those provincial rules, and they were they're very clear that the rinks are are to be closed.
1: What about personal rinks that we might build on a, a retention pond or something like that?
7: Well, retention ponds are are not safe, whether it's COVID or or not. Um, you know, if you if you visit Winnipeg.ca, if people want to get more information on retention ponds, but they're they're never safe to skate on them, uh, for a variety of reasons. The ice conditions can change quickly without warning um and during winter you know water from early snow melt nearby water main breaks drains into those retention ponds and so the ice is not stable to say the least so they're never safe don't don't go on <laughs> don't go on ice in a on a retention pond um and right now the river is especially dangerous and so i would just caution people for now we'll we'll obviously uh keep monitoring the provincial public health orders in terms of uh outdoor rinks but right now we're respecting their rules
2: just to you know, play off the idea, Mr. Mayor, that lots of people are missing their team sports right now, and so that's why we ask the questions about the outdoor rinks. Yeah. And just to circle back to that team analogy, uh, you talk about wanting to encourage Winnipegers to do the right thing right now during this pandemic. Do you feel like you're playing on the same team as the Premier in the province, given some of this back and forth and, and what some might call negative dialogue?
7: Well, look, we, we are all... Uh, working to combat COVID and we all want what's best for our residents and we all want to make sure that we're keeping our residents as safe as possible and, and we have and we will continue to do that. I was pleased earlier this week that we were able to uh, have announced the uh, initiative that I, I started a couple weeks ago and first I pitched the Prime Minister and then the Minister of Health with the idea of of having our first responders receive uh, priority COVID testing and I was very pleased that we were able to work collaboratively with the province to get that going. And so that initiative is underway. Uh, we are supporting their their enforcement measures. I mean, they're directing the enforcement, but we are supporting those efforts and and many other things to really make sure we're we're keeping our focus on battling COVID. And and you can expect to see that continue. We'll raise concerns privately and and from time to time publicly when we when we think more needs to be done. Uh, the last week i 've been i 've been really pushing for more to be done, greater planning and human resource uh, capacity in our shelter system uh, that 's an area of particular concern, and so uh, you can expect to hear me continue to talk about areas of concern as well
0: uh, Mayor Bowman. I apologize if uh, my my nuance was not specific enough How often and when 's last time you spoke to the premier
7: uh, last time was back in april uh, i 've most recently corresponded with him um, on Monday of this week Uh, with respect to the issue of essential and non-essential businesses. I haven't yet to hear back from him and, uh, you know, I'll continue to to reach out and we'll work through officials as much as we can.
1: Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for the monthly visit, sir. You bet, guys. Stay safe. Thanks for everything. Mayor Brian Bowman joining us live in 680 CJOB for a monthly visit right here on The Start. Backling McGarry and McNabb, a small Manitoba community, is calling into question the actions of its Reeve.
2: Yeah, and this involves this anti-mask rally that took place in Steinbach last weekend. Uh, About 100 people or so uh, gathered there to protest the current public health restrictions, like masks, like gathering sizes. And in that crowd, and, and a vocal member of that crowd, was the Reeve of Le Broquerie. his name is Louis Rice and Weiss, and again he participated in that rally. And so last night, council got together to talk about that participation, and decide they'd file a formal complaint with the province against him. Ivan Normando is the deputy reeve of Le Brocary and joins us now for more. Good morning, Ivan.
4: Good morning. How are you?
2: We're well thank you before we get into the decision of, of your council last night I'd just like to ask you what your reaction was when you heard about the Reeve participating in this rally and, and some of the words and and messaging he was spreading against masks
4: well uh, it was it was disappointing because of the fact that well first of all disappointing to the attended of the rally the other thing was that we had received a, a letter on the, the Friday night before the rally that um, from minister Squires <laughs> stating that he should um, rethink about going up at this rally and that if he does go ahead and and do this um your council might have the option of of sending a formal complaint to the province so um I was more disappointed by the fact that you you got a letter before had a warning before he still went ahead and and, and went to this rally so
0: Ivan if I'm not mistaken uh Lewis we said been uh, pretty vocal on social media about his feelings uh, about these public health orders correct
4: Yes yeah Lewis has a very strong uh, on, on, on COVID and what's going on. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but he's got a strong opinion, and, and everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I I don't disagree with that. Um, the issue is once you once you become an elected official, you you're representing your 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 ratepayers and your taxpayers, and, and yes, you can have your opinion, but sometimes your opinion could be could be kept at the dining room table and, and not out in the public eye, right? So, when's the last
1: time you spoke to the
4: reeve? I spoke to him. I had spoken to him. I think yesterday before before the meeting, actually. So,
2: and what and what was the, what's the exchange of words? Because I I know you're also in a small town. Yeah. So you work that. to be respectful of people within a small town, but at the same time, when you're calling out somebody who sits at the same table with you, that that's uh, going to change the relationship potentially.
4: I think eventually it could um but like we we've had in between here we've had a finance meeting on Monday and which we were all together again and we had a meeting yesterday, so um we've had we we have been talking in between here, so it's not like if we we haven't talked in between we'll say the rally on saturday and, and what happened last night so um it it could be it could be difficult for now. But I think in the long run, hopefully, even after this is done, maybe we can all. Because at the end of the day, you're right. We're a small town, and and we have to work together. Um, when when a council is divided, that's when nothing gets done. So if one gets something done, you, you have to work together. So, um, so it's, it's a matter of, of of forgetting the differences and and work for the better being of of the taxpayers. So
2: and just to follow up on that Ivan you know the idea of working together i know that there's all there's different opinions on on all a wide range of things when it comes to this pandemic but the messaging we keep hearing from the top down is to work together to try to beat it back and when, so when you have a leader in the community speaking out against some of the restrictions in the pandemic that that might further divide the community so what's happening in labrocre right now are people yeah. mostly compliant with the rules
4: uh people are for, yeah mostly compliant like people from what i know like i live in a town over and and i think like many other towns like the last friday night saturday night just like a ghost town there's no trash people are staying home and, and not doing anything so i i would i would venture to say that 99.9 percent of people are, are abiding by the the rules in by the province but um yeah it, it has divided the town we'll say for for the mask and anti-mask but um and and the, from people people i've heard from is, is they really against like they they want to follow the the the, the advice of of, uh, of the province and and and, and health Manitoba. So, um, I can say majority of people for sure following the, the guidelines of, of the province. So.
0: Uh, Ivan Normando is the deputy reeve of La Brokery. So, what happened to council and, and in your community last night? Last well, night, well, no, is just we,
4: we had a regular council meeting and I, I let I let the council I let the council members know that that we had filed a, an, a complaint to to the province. And I guess one of my council members also asked the uh, reeve to resign, which which he which he said he wouldn't. So
2: And what does that complaint get you? Is that more just about the paperwork acknowledging the fact that you're upset with his actions? Does that actually go anywhere with the province?
4: I uh, to be honest with you, we we have just passed the conduct about a month ago. So this is the first time and I think it's the first time at the province also that a code of conduct complaint has been sent to the province. So um timeline it should be hopefully within a couple of weeks. And then they, they come back with a recommendation. And, and once we have a recommendation, our council has the has right to decide what they want to do, enforce it and not enforce it. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see.
1: Oh, did we lose him? Are you still there, Ivan? Yes. Yes. Okay. Deputy Reeve of La Ivan Normando, is joining us live on 680 CJOB. And before we let you go, uh, with the, the Reeve of the area, when... He's involved in something like this. Is it is it damaging for the entire community, whether it was just the actions of one man or not?
4: Uh, short answer, it would be yes, um, because we we have we we also have neighbors beside us, the city of Steinbach and we'll the city Island, Hanover and North and That that it, it damages everyone when when something like this happens. Because I know I've had a few phone calls from 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 Hanover, and, and I know the city of Steinbach weren't too pleased about. About having this rally being done in in their in their town, so it, it does damage a bit of of, of uh, I guess the relationship you have with with your neighbors, but uh, we we can work on that and, and get it back together. So,
1: Ivan Normando is the deputy reeve of La Broquerie, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much for the time, Ivan. Thank you. Have a good day. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning on the start. We have a Santa Lucia Pizza $20 gift card to give away. We've been asking you at 204 780 6868 to tell us about your studying failures. And I like this one from Rick. The last test I studied for was a grade eight French test. I studied hard, but I still failed. I figured I could have failed just as miserably without studying. Thus, I never studied for a test or exam again. That's not a winner, but that's a great runner-up.
0: Thank you for that, Rick. That fills in f- with your uh, inspirational signs that you're gonna make, <laughs> right? That's just right. just give up, or what? What, what, what saying What's have we decided? Point? Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't, even, I don't even want to dream anymore.
2: <laughs> oh, that was me. I think that said that that was a sad day I was having. Yeah,
1: yeah but yeah, then, yeah. but then I said I had that on my wall. So. So don't, don't even bother dreaming. Uninspirational so. quotes from Brett McGarry. Who's next here?
2: I I got one I'm going to read from John where he talks about he was in culinary arts school, had to do a project for class, making a sculpture, but it was so hot in the kitchen, he decided to do the work in the freezer. Got so tired, he actually fell asleep sitting in the freezer with my fat sculpture half-done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's like every restaurant worker's biggest fear is getting locked in the freezer. I, I couldn't imagine f- actually falling asleep in the freezer. Well, it's probably co- nice and cozy and nice and cool in there, yeah, right? Well, you know, When you're having one of those crazy nights, it was always nice to just kind <clears> of <throat> grab a, a, a tea or a coffee in quotation marks and uh, hide in the, in the freezer or the cooler for a little bit just to reset I'm going, to read, I'm
1: going to read Tara's text, and Greg, you're going to read the winner. Tara says, in grade 12, I showed up for my biology exam early, so I went to the library to cram in more studying. Well, the next time I looked at the clock, my exam had started 20 minutes ago. I panicked and ran to the exam room. The door was locked. Fortunately, I was let in and able to still do the exam. I had less time, but I still passed. So, Tara, thank you for that. So
0: close. Tara, I think you would have won except for this Text, I'm currently a grad student. My biggest study failure was when I was so stressed out to write my math exam that I not only went to the wrong room and time to write this exam, but on that day, it was my philosophy exam that I was supposed to have written. I had already missed (laughs) the math exam by one day. Oh, no. Needless to say, I had to repeat both courses. Oh, gosh. So, hey...
1: That sucks, but out of your failure comes reward, a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. Thank you very much for sharing that story. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think,